Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Welcome to the nation. That's the Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Camaro Dave and Commander Chris coming to you from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in beautiful Portland. And we are in the part of Portland that is not on fire, thank goodness, or the state of Oregon that is not on fire. Um, you know, there's a, a sauce out there that we're going to talk about today called Koss Sauce. And it comes to you from Virginia. And we've got uh, one of the creators of the sauce, Diana uh, Koss, that's K-O-S-S, with us today. We're going to be talking to Diana in just a minute. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef for sponsoring this part of the show. As long as I drop my phone here, that's fine. And um, you can check them out on PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. And so, Diana, welcome to the show. Welcome to Barbecue Nation. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. No worries. How did you and your husband decide to tackle something like a barbecue sauce or a cooking sauce just out of the blue? Um, briefly, I, I'll share the background. My husband had been making this sauce for years. We would cater family events, friend events, and people would ask us for our business card, and we just always thought, well, that's weird. You know, we never thought of it that way. Um, and the name Cost Sauce actually came about as a joke my brother-in-law was always in competition with my husband trying to outdo his sauce. And my husband, John, just put cost sauce on a bottle one day. And a few years later, I got the crazy scheme in my mind. Um, I've always wanted to have my own business. Um, I love cooking. And I came up with the idea, let's start a business of our own. And that's actually how it started. Um, and I went to our local county office and found out what we needed to do, and after much headache and lots of paperwork <laughs> and trial and error, um, in October of 2017, we went on the market. That's quite a story, you know, um, and it's not an unusual story in the sense that a lot of great uh, food companies are born out of the kitchen, so to speak, and that they uh, come from family recipes or, you know, backyard creations or whatever, but it's a big leap from there to getting it into the marketplace. And like you said, you have, there's some, oh, hoops you have to jump through to put it mildly to, to get it there. It's one thing to label a few bottles with your HP 230 printer and slap, you know, create one and put it on there and sell it to your friends. And that's all good. But it's a big chore to get it out to the market. And uh, um, we had no idea. We had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the difficulties of it. Well, I I went about it. I, what do I say was not very smart. I um, I quit my job. My husband is a disabled veteran, and he was getting to the point that he physically couldn't work. 
we pooled our 401k, our retirement, and we just, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, when I went to the county and told them the list they gave me of what I had to do, it was like a foreign language to me. Yeah. I had no idea what a process authority letter was um, because we were going to do it from our home. And that was the intent just to have something small here in the home. We had to get our home zoned for it. We had to have our well water because here in the country we have well water. Right. That had to be tested. Um, and then the Virginia State Agriculture and Consumer Services, or VDACs, um, sent us a packet. And they once again brought up this um, process authority letter, which to explain really quickly, um, in every state there are certain facilities that have to test your food product. And since we wanted to do a sauce, it had to be tested to be see how much acidity was in it. Right. If it was above a certain percentage, we would have to take a class for that. If it were not, we wouldn't. Um, and then they also test your sauce to tell you how to prepare it, at what boiling point or temperature you must sterilize it. Um, and they eventually come to your home and um, do a kitchen inspection, just like a health inspector would go to a restaurant. They did that in our home. Um, they said they needed a mock label, which basically meant we had to figure out how to do a label. And I, once again, I thought, okay, the FDA will tell us. Well, the FDA said, we can't tell you how to do it. We can just tell you the font size of your lettering and where it needs to be positioned. Everything else, we had to go from the gallon we'd always made and translate that down into a 12-ounce bottle. We had to figure out our nutritional facts. Um, and we had to have ingredients and sub-ingredients put in a certain way. Uh, everything on a label, when you see it in the store, it's there because um, it has to be. Your address has to be on there, um, and the UPC has to be placed a certain way. Everything has to be a certain size. So um, I quit my job in June of 2017, and after a long summer in October, um, excuse me, August, we got approved. And we started making a huge amount of batches. Um, we had, I think, four or 500 bottles here. Um, and so when um, our website went live on October the 17th, we started selling it. Um, and once again, it was, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> but but um, we would, I was determined that we were going to do this. Um, hindsight, I wish now... I hadn't tried to get out there and try to become a national brand overnight. Um, that's not no. realistic. But because of the energy and the passion I had, I met people all over the United States as well as Canada and in the UK. Um, and people, we have shipped sauce to all of the states, United States, including Hawaii. And before I stopped manufacturing end of last year, my sauce is now available and still being sold in the UK. So, um, and the uh, people in Canada, we weren't shipping to Canada, but we had a gentleman that's a food blogger who wanted it so badly, he found a friend that lives here in the States, and they ordered it from for him, and when he came to visit them at one point, he got the sauce, and the next thing I know, he's doing a food blog and comparing our sauce to Sweet Baby Ray's, and th that just blew me away. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, the, that's um, the number one sauce in the world. 
Sweet Baby Ray's. Yeah, yeah. And so he compared us to Sweet Baby Ray's. Um, and it just was, it was a whirlwind experience. Um, we did get into a grocery chain that I won't mention. And I thought that was the direction I wanted to go in. Um, but there's a lot more behind the scenes to get in a grocery chain than you think there is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and it wasn't, the, it wasn't the best experience. I, I feel for you there. It's a, that's a tough gig. You know, it's a really tough gig. Yeah, we started, like I said, in October, and I wanted to get into one of my local food chains. I had already become a Virginia's Finest product. The month after we started, I qualified to be a Virginia's Finest product and have that seal on my bottle. Um, This store, I just wanted to get in their um, Virginia's Finest section of the one store because all my family and friends could go there. Um, and they came back and quoted that they were going to put me in 100 to 200 stores. <laughs> and with that being the case, that was the initial quote. Um, I secured a small business loan and I got a bottler and I made those cases to fit that quota only for them to come back and say, we only want 25 cases. Um, so that was a very bad experience. Um, and like you said, everything cost so much. Yeah. Um, so even though I, I had met so many wonderful people and I still talk to them and it's been a great experience as I shared briefly with you before this interview today, um, last year, end of the year, I stopped manufacturing because I had needed to reassess what I wanted to do. And if I wanted to go ahead, right. Um, I had depleted our funds. Like I said, my husband, um, is a disabled veteran. Um, and I had gone back to work part-time and there was a time that I thought I'm not going to do the sauce anymore because I'm not going to take money that I feel I need for other more important things. But, um, the overwhelming support and people that have messaged me, where can I get it? Is there somewhere else that can ship it? Um, are you going to manufacture again? I have a list of people that are waiting for me to have it done again. Um, so in the last, this, this year, um, I've taken a few steps back. I've decided there were some changes I wanted to make to the sauce and where I was trying to get my name out there in such a hurry before, um, now it's going to be supply and demand. Yeah. If it gets out there, it does. But, um, I have to do, um, what is feasible for me. And you know, you, I'm sure you understand this. A lot of people, when they say small business, there are different levels of small business. Some small businesses still have 10, 15, 20 employees and they make a certain amount. When I say small business, I I'm the business. It's me. (laughs) Yeah. It's me. I'm very small. Um, so, you know, I had to do it. What's feasible for me. Um, at this point I have redone my label. I wanted it to be gluten free and, when I put the, the label on their barbecue sauce, it put me in one category where the sauce is so versatile, and I proved that through my recipes, that I wanted to change it to all-purpose. That way I'm not putting myself in one category. Sure. Um, so I've gotten those changes done, and I'm just waiting now for approval. Once that's done, um, new labels need to be put in place. The bottles need to be ordered, and then I just have to go to my co-packer. So end of this year, early next year, um, I want to start again because I believe in this product. 
my husband, and this actually is weird. This was not the first product. He made another marinade. And we actually made samples of that one and this one when it was created. And family and friends and coworkers picked the second one. This was not the this was not the one that we had planned on going with originally. Right. We're gonna but, Diana, Diana. We're gonna take a break here on Barbecue sure. Nation. We're gonna be back with Diana Cost from Cost Sauce um, right after this on the Barbecue Nation and Sun Radio Networks. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and thank all the folks listening down the line on the uh, Sun Radio Networks across the country. We appreciate that. We've got Diana Koss with us today. We're going to be talking about her trials and tribulations with a, a great barbecue sauce called Koss Sauce. If you'd like to email us, it's very simple. Just info at thecowboycook.com. That's info at thecowboycook.com. You can find us. Uh, our website is Barbecue Nation. That's BBQ Nation JT. Uh, dot com and we're right there and you'll find the you know the podcast versions of the shows if you can't for some reason find it on the radio wherever you live and also we've got facebook barbecue nation jt and you can follow me on twitter which is calcook 57 that's actually how i how i met diana was through twitter twitter gives me a lot of good information at times i know it gets ripped on for things but i stay away from the politics but it really helps me uh reach out to people like diana so anyway um you were saying that it was your, the cost sauce is actually your second sauce? Yes. My husband had a spicier um, marinade that he had been using. And when we gave friends and family and coworkers two bottles of each, they preferred the second one. And um, the second one came along because he likes the spice and so do I, but I, I, I've also got a sweet tooth, so I like sweet. Right. And I wanted it to be a little bit thicker than the original marinade. So one Saturday afternoon, he got in the kitchen and came up with the recipe, um, not knowing that it would be so popular or get out there. Um, and so, yes, this was the second choice that we actually had. That's that's kind of interesting, you know, because in the spices, in the rubs, I actually created 12 different recipes. And wow. I, I put four on the market. And I had one that was called Happy Camper Kids for you know and it was a little sweeter like you were just describing and then i had some that were a little spicier and some kind of middle of the road stuff and all that and inevitably whoever you gave it to to try to sample all came back with different choices the kids was the kids and the steak seasoning were the two most popular but then there were other uh, people that just swore by the one we call running iron which had a little more pepper various peppers in it and stuff. So it had a little more kick to it. And, um, you know, then we created this other one called primetime rib rub. And, uh, for obviously at Christmas time, play on words there, but like you said, <laughs> it was always, uh, always something different. Somebody wanted, they'd swear by the kids or they'd swear by the steaks or they swear by something else, you know? So it made it really hard to judge which ones to push forward. Um, 
Yeah. You know, like that. And, and I think that's a problem that a lot of people who get into this and they have, you know, because there's a million rubs on the market and most all of them are pretty good. You know, some are better than others, just like sauces, but a lot of them are, you know, pretty good, but they don't vary much from, uh, you know, label to label, if you know what I mean. And, yes, I do. And that makes it kind of tough, especially, you know, if if, if you're going up against, um, oh, Sweet Baby Ray's and some of those, you know, they've that's been around a long enough time and it's got the corporate backing behind it now and stuff that it does very well. But there's some other good sauces out there, not taking anything away from Sweet Baby Ray's at all, because I use it on occasion. And, uh, but if you don't have that type of backing where you can go in and instead of going through like what I went through with the uh, rubs or you went through with the, the sauce, you can say, no, I need, I need uh, four positionings on the shelf for our sauces and you will give them to me. But I don't think you were quite there yet. Um, a lot of people questioned why I just had the one. And it was because um, it costs so much to get it out there. Right. Um, it, there are a lot of costs that people don't realize. And when you're talking about how you make your sauce or your rub stand out, that was my dilemma. I said, when I start selling this, why would people, what can I do to draw customers? Why would they want to try this sauce compared to any other sauce that they can try? Everybody has to have their niche in order to be successful. So I have always loved to cook. My husband loves to cook. We love to grill. So my niche that I immediately started with was I started posting it with all my recipes and various things. And people were like, oh, no, there's no way you put this in here and, and used it for pizza sauce and made a pizza. Or you used it to make a Tex-Mex lasagna. And I said, no, every recipe I'm publishing is something that we've made in our kitchen. And when people saw the versatility of it, that's what got it out there for me. And then I had never, ever been on social media. I had no idea about <laughs> Facebook. I didn't do Instagram or Twitter. And the gentleman that did my um, label and set up my web page also helped me to get on social media. And I remember I said, what do I need to do? How do I go about this? Other than my family and friends that are going to support me because they, they love me. How do I reach other people? And he said, you've just got to be yourself and get out there and do what you're comfortable with. And that has worked for me because so many people are like, how did you get followers on Instagram? Or how do you get your message out there? You just have to be yourself. Yes. And that, for me, between the versatility of the sauce and people seeing that I am a down-to-earth, genuine person, those two things have gotten me out there where maybe other people haven't because I'm just being myself. I think that's good advice. I mean, my yeah. my comments at time tend to be a little more just give people, you know, links to the new shows and different things like that. Or if somebody comes out with a new product and I happen to know about it, I'll give them a, I like it, you know, or a little heart, you know, on Twitter, you do the little heart thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And do all that. You gave me one on Facebook today. So that was really nice. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, and that's the crazy thing too. Um, I have met so many people and I don't like going to their background to see who they are. Right. 
And I think that's been great for me, too, because I think if you just befriend someone on social media because you're trying to raise your stature or maybe they could put a good word in for me, um, that's that's not that's not me. That's not the way I view it. Yeah. I guess the vision I saw for the sauce, but where it went and where it's at now, it wasn't what I thought it would be. Um, but it's it's been enjoyable all the same. It's funny how things change. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation and be back in a minute. Talk some more with Diana Koss from Koss Sauces in Louisa, Virginia. And uh, I actually know where that place is. So um, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Please stay with us. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Everybody, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and uh, we'd like to thank the folks at uh, Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef with good quality. Uh, taste and consistency every time. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. And also Gunter Wilhelm Knives um, for unmatched quality, efficiency, and productivity in the kitchen at a reasonable price. It's Gunter Wilhelm Knives, and you can find them online at GunterWilhelm.com. I know I've got some, and I think they're great. We're talking with Diana Koss from Koss Sauce. Now, you and your husband, John, who are the owners of Koss Sauce, started making this sauce a few years ago, and kind of did it for family and friends and you've talked about you know how people started asking you how they can get it and we've kind of gone through the trials and tribulations but let me this let me ask you this diana what have you learned so far not about the technical bureaucratic stuff as far as labels and that but what have you learned as far as being involved with barbecue and creating this sauce and getting it out there i've learned that if you truly want something to be successful, it's not going to happen overnight. And there are trials and tribulations, but you've got to be persistent. And in my case, sometimes taking a few steps back doesn't mean that's not a, a negative or a disappointment. Those are necessary to decide where I want to go next. Um, but, and you also, if you want to be successful, you have to be confident in yourself and your product, whatever it may be. Um, and like I said, people want to know that you're genuine and that you truly do care about what you're doing. Um, and my passion is food and nothing is more humbling or a bigger compliment than for somebody to say, your sauce is the only one I want to use or your recipe for whatever was amazing. My, my kids love it. My family loves it. Um, and when can I get more? True. Uh, it just, that just, that's so humbling to me to earn the respect of other people. And my customers are actually my friend. When I, before I, when I used to ship all over the United States, one thing I got known for is my, were my thank you notes. I feel if I, if it weren't for my customers, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Whether I'm small business or large business, you've got to remember who supports you. And so I would take time and write a thank you note to each of those people. Even if they ordered three, four, five times, 
I wanted them to know how much I appreciated them ordering my sauce. And I love to hear from them. And so, and that's just the way I am. Yes. Learned a lot of good and a lot of bad. And this time around, when I start manufacturing again, um, I've learned from the difficulties that hopefully I won't repeat those this time. I doubt that you will. I, we don't, we don't know each other, but from what you're telling me today, I doubt very seriously that you will. So you're an ambassador for some different things, and, uh, but yes. I want to talk to you about your grilling experience. You said John kind of mentored you. Are you to the point now where once in a while you can say, here, John, do it this way? No. <laughs> um, the, I'm a, um, yeah, like you said, I'm a brand ambassador for a couple of products. Um, and when I told John, I wanted to come out and not just be out there with him. I wanted to start learning. He just, you know, he couldn't believe it. He's not used to that. How long have you guys been married? John and I, this coming up year, um, we will be together 17 years, married 16. Um, and I know we don't have much time, but I, the little snippet, I lived two minutes from John growing up. Uh, and I was best friends with his half-sister, but he was older, and he went off to be in the Navy, but we grew up two minutes from each other, and we both went our separate ways and both had families, and then years later, I knew him. He didn't know me. <laughs> got it. Got it. But um, we both have a passion for food, but um, I would say the beginning of this year, I really started wanting to learn um how to grill, how to smoke. And my thought process was, all right, I, I, I know my way around the kitchen. I just got to say that this is an outdoor oven and it's have to operate it differently. But there's more than just lighting some charcoal and putting it on the smoker. Um, you know, there's direct and indirect heat. Then there's the temperatures for the different kinds of meats. And then John will say, okay, you see how that rib is pulling off, the meat is pulling off the bone. He's showing me not just the technical, but the way to, we call it eyeballing it so that down the road I will need to do it. But I'm still at the point he's out there and I ask him, okay, um, if I want a reverse sear or I want a good sear or like last night I did a smoked apple crumb pie. Um, that was our first dessert ever that either one of us had done, but it's a learning experience. And I'm just, I'm so excited because, you know, at the while back, I wanted to grill chicken. I wanted to do a grilled chicken Parmesan. And John was busy, and he couldn't go outside. And I said, okay, I'm going out there by myself and do this. And I knew it took all he had not to come out there and stand behind me and watch. But he didn't, and that's the way. I'm a hands-on person, and I want to learn. I want to be able to go out there and cook. I said, by next Father's Day, my goal is that I do the whole meal for him outside on the smoke. There you go. There you go. So my, my question is, and this is a very important one, very serious. Is there any of that pie left that you can ship me real quick? <laughs> Actually, we did have leftovers. I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but sometimes after we do all the cooking, we did ribs last night and we had the pie. After you cook it, you're just so tired or so relaxed, you don't eat but so much. Right. But yes, there's a little bit left if you wanted me to ship you some. Yeah, I love that. I would love that. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, you what you touched on right there was absolutely true because uh, I've been cooking and, and I, I don't do it anymore, but I did catering for a long time um, amongst my other jobs. And, uh, 
at the end of the day, man, I would just, as much as I love barbecue and I eat it a lot and I cook on the smokers or grills or whatever, you know, five nights a week, a lot of times, sometimes just a good plate of chow mein and, you know, some hot and sour soup or something just is so good to me, you know, just something a little different where I don't have to cook it. That's the big point is I don't have to cook it. John, John's a fan of hot and sour soup as well. I made that for him. And then I made him egg foo young one night because his grandmother used to make it for him. And that's another thing that he and I both share our fondest memories of our families um, growing up were around certain meals and he had certain things that remind him of his grandparents. I have certain things that remind me of my grandparents and my mother that they passed down to me. So I think that's a lot of where my passion comes, but um, I'm a lot. I love Chinese. I love Asian inspired food. I make a mean sesame chicken. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Okay, so I'm sending you my home address after the show, and anytime you do, you just, I'll give you my FedEx account number, and you are, you know, and you just ship it on out. That's that's fine. It's a deal. It's a deal. It's a deal. Yeah. No, it's true, and and it does take quite a while. You know, I've interviewed hundreds of people now for this show, and literally thousands of people for my other shows, and it, but it's always amazing to me to interview somebody like you, Diana, who you really touched on something there is that, you know, you have a passion for food and you, and you wanted to do stuff, but you also wanted to learn. I've interviewed a few people, not going to say their names ever, but you know, they went out, they had a little success with one particular item and they did well with it, uh, especially in competitions. And so great, good for you. But I'm kind of one of those guys that likes to be a very well-rounded cook mm-hmm. and, and if you saw yeah. me you would see how round i am but you know <laughs> it, it's one of those things where i don't think you can ever learn too much especially when it comes to preparing whether it's barbecue or in the kitchen meals or what have you i think all of it is beneficial i have always been under the mindset um there's always someone that knows more than i do there yeah. is always room for growth um, and, uh, I just, I'm always willing, I'm always eager to learn from others. And most of the people that I have met through cooking and through the sauce have all taught, they've taught me things that I, had I not met them, I probably wouldn't know. Right. And a lot of these people are the same mindset as me. I'll say, you did a fantastic job. And they're like, oh, it's okay. And that's me too. I, it's, it's a very humbling thing to me. But there's always going to be somebody that can do it better than me. So I never want to, um, I like to say, I guess you could call it, I like to say grounded. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. I think that's very reasonable. So when you're cooking at home for you and John, do you rotate experiments through as your, for your personal dinners? Or do you just kind of, do you have some things you stick with and then you venture out from there? Well, if I could send you a picture right now, John just said a while back, honey, I need to make you a bookshelf because those shelves you have all those cookbooks on are not going to continue to hold them. Right. Um, (laughs) And recently, I I think it's because as most Americans, we've been spending more time at home. I have been going into my recipes that I have intended to make for a long time and never got around to it. Um, The other night, I made my own tater tots. Oh, there you go. 
Well, it's not nothing big, but my mother used to buy them with onions and chives, and I can't find them in the store anymore, so I thought, heck, I'll just make my own. And I made my first um, loaf of sourdough bread last week um, in my Dutch oven, and I ordered um, pasta attachments, which in a way I'm taking an easier route, but I I, um, learned and created my own fettuccine noodles the other day and uh i froze some so when it gets a little bit cooler i'm going to make my chicken alfredo but yes i do i I don't like the same thing to eat i like to experiment all that stuff is good um speaking of good we got to take another break here on barbecue nation and uh diana and i are going to hang out and tell jokes uh which you can't hear because you're off the air (laughs) but we're going to make fun of people And uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes right here on the Sun Radio Network. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. You're listening to us on the Sun Radio Networks, and uh, we appreciate it all. You can uh, send us an email if you want at info at thecowboycook.com. That's my handle on television out here is the Cowboy Cook. And um, we've got all kinds of, I think we're on 17 social media platforms now with the podcast version of the show, which is a little different than the radio version. And so you can get most of everything you want. All you got to do is type in Barbecue Nation and you'll find us. So we're talking with Diana Koss, who is the proprietor extraordinaire of Koss Sauce, which is coming back out and hitting the the internet and the distribution for the sauce come later in the year. You've got a new website that's coming up too, don't you? Not yet. Not yet? <laughs> that's, that's Okay. I pulled the other one down because it just it took so much time um, because I had recipes on it. I had a blog and I interviewed people in the barbecue world and people here in Virginia because I'm all about local and I love to um, give back to the people that have supported me um, down the road. I'd like to do that again. It's just that I work full time. So right now to Put it the kind of website that I think is appropriate and that I want to. I just don't have that time. Right. But it's on the back burner. I understand that. Believe me. I understand that. I, I've been <laughs> – the, neither one of these people listen to my show, so it's okay. But my siblings have been staying with us now for a week because of the fire. And it's actually been kind of cool to be under the same roof again for, you know, a week or what's probably going to turn out to be 10 to 12 days. Um, but damn, I'm tired because I'm doing all the cooking. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I used to, a while, a couple of years back, I walked around. I have my son and then I have three stepchildren and I walked around to everyone and I said, okay, dad and I are getting older. I need you to start cooking the meals so that we can come to your house. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And we do have, my son lives at a state. But my oldest stepson um, is an excellent cook, 
And last year he called and he said, do you want to come to my house for Thanksgiving? And I was like, yes, my prayers have been answered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're that lucky just yet. Although my daughter is very, very fascinated and does a great job of cooking. Great job of baking. She's very much into baking. And uh, she's not afraid. Uh, she worked with me on lots of different catering jobs and events and stuff over the years. So she can cook. I mean, she really can cook. It's I don't think her and her boyfriend could handle the Thanksgiving mob <laughs> just yet. I understand. You know. I understand. As they come in, you know, they're drooling and they've got, you know, bring their own <laughs> utensils and stuff like that to stab. They bring their little doggy bags to take home with them. Oh, hell, they bring <laughs> Tupperware tubs. I mean, the totem tub things, you know, like you yes, use when, yes. when, you, when you move, you know, it's like, here, I brought them. I'll take your leftovers, <laughs> you know, and you go in and you think, well, that's pretty good. You know, we'll have, we can have turkey sandwiches for a couple of days or something. Like that. Oh, that, they are so good the next day after Thanksgiving. The leftovers are so good the next day. I, that's one of my favorite things to just get up the next day and I have um, stuffing and gravy for breakfast. It yep. just, it's wonderful. Yep. <laughs> yep. I do that. Well, and I'm a hog. So uh, I cook a whole bunch of extra giblets because I love giblets. Mm -hmm. grew, grew up on a farm. Okay. And we really, yeah, didn't, yeah. We, we really didn't waste anything. So I, I, there's one store I know that will sell turkey uh, gizzards, if you will, in, in bulk, mm -hmm. kind of in bulk. And so oh, okay. I buy a couple of those. I probably cook 10 pounds of turkey gizzards and uh, I put them in the gravy and in the stuffing. I know some people don't care for them, but I will also, then I trim them out and get rid of the gristle and stuff. But yeah, I do that a couple days before Thanksgiving, and I refrigerate them, and then I I also eat them as a snack, or <laughs> on on the day after Thanksgiving, I will do what you do. I don't know how we got clearing the hell off this topic, but it's okay. <laughs> but it's okay. Um, I will get some 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 stuffing, little mashed potatoes. Got to be dark meat for mm -hmm. me, and some of those gizzards, and then I just kind of like pour the gravy on it, you know, heat it up, and then I'm just like. I'm look like um, what was the orange cat's name that uh, Garfield Garfield. I look like Garfield with a bloated belly sitting around there. So you know that's all good. What are you a thigh person? Do you do you like thighs? Yes, I do. You said the dark. That's John, and it took him forever. He said Diana. They are the juiciest part, and they make the best meals. And I have to agree with him. After many years, he won me over. Yep, they're they are terrific. They are yeah. terrific. And, uh, you know, especially when they're kind of like simmering in a boat of gravy on your plate, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I go through a lot of shirts at Thanksgiving uh, after the meal between meals, because there's always remnants of something on my shirts, but I always make sure that, you know, I've got half a dozen shirts laid out for that weekend. So, I can just <laughs> I can just, idea. just go swap them out real quick when we get company, you know, and they don't think I'm exactly. a to total heathen. <laughs> so if I said, Diana, where do you think you're going to be five years from now with cost sauce? What's your projection? I have so many um, dreams for cost sauce. Um, I... Of course, I'm going to be honest, even though I've had bad experiences, of course, I'd like to be a national brand. Yeah. Um, 
these are just totally dreams of mine, but because of cost sauce, um, I've, I've always wanted to do a cookbook and I would include all my recipes and all the recipes of my customers and fans and friends in that. And then something else that I don't know that I'll ever do. Um, I have a YouTube channel. I've never utilized it. I've never started it. I would love to travel around um, and use the cost sauce and cook with people that I have met all over the states, um, different regions, different types of cooking. I would love to go every week or every two weeks and visit these people and share my recipes and learn to cook from them. All these people that I admire, I would love to do that. I would love to have my own cooking show and and somehow tie cost sauce into that. That would that would just be heaven on earth to me if I could do that. Um, we're kind of running down to the end here, but I want to invite you to stick around for the after hours segment, which is only heard on the um, um, podcast versions uh, because we can swear a lot in that one if, <laughs> if you want to. And um, but we're going to get out of here. We got for those of you who carry the next hour, we've got Will Homer from Painted Hills Natural Beef. He's going to give you a lesson in uh, geoeconomic beef uh, politics and uh, what it takes to be a successful rancher, which is a lot tougher than it used to be. And it's always been hard and he'll be up in the next hour. And Diana's going to stick around with me for the after hours. And for those of you who don't get the second hour, uh, call your local radio station, tell them to get off their butt. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of barbecue nation until then, Diana, thank you for being on the show. And, You're uh, welcome. Yes, it's been a great pleasure. And we will see you all next week. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.